0: Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Square. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you struggled to gain understanding about biblical topics not often taught about from the pulpit?
1: We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's word together. Mark and Lynn Cooper, local pastors, are your hosts. This show is our attempt at answering questions in greater depth. Than a sermon allows.
0: We look forward to the dialogue and conversations your questions will bring. You can email us at real reallifavisitlife.org. At this podcast will cover many biblical topics, some fun, some serious, and some will simply pique your interest.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Life Foursquare Church. It's produced by our media team here at Life Foursquare.
0: Welcome back. This is week two of our topic. about racism, and we really began this topic discussing culture. So racism and culture, week two. And the reason we began with the idea of culture is because culture has such great influence and it determines so much. Some of it is seen and some of it really is unseen but definitely felt. And we can often look at this topic of racism and determine, well, I'm not a racist, my parents aren't racist, so I can kind of check out of the conversation, right? Right. And so that's why we're really engaging into the effects of culture because there are racial... Um, tensions that have been culturally taught to so many and even culturally felt by by so many. And we need to recognize how much culture plays into the conversation of racism, even though you might say, I don't hate anybody, especially for their skin color, or I don't Ever remember having um, my parents or my my home talking negatively about a different race? Well, it doesn't necessarily start negatively, but we could all pick up on some cultural racism that we have experienced or heard in our lifetime.
1: Yeah, and so today we'll we'll connect those dots a little more. Um, you know, a good way to a good example of what. Lynn just mentioned is is the a good example of the connection between culture and racism and and the reason we went back to culture is to come to the 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 root of racism uh you know little kids aren't they' you're not born with a preference based off of um, observable differences right little kids play with little kids they don't they don't they're not born racist. Racism, a preference, um, a, a thought of of this is better than that, uh, or this is different, so it's bad, is something that's taught to us. And so the primary vehicle for that teaching is culture. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about some of those those foundations of what does a culture, what does culture mean. We ended last week's conversation with this—coming uh, to this place where we, we really started to understand that there is a theory of culture that does work and is biblical. It's the image-bearing theory. It's that man is created in the image of God. And so if culture is rooted in God, it brings us to this place where we have to start asking the question of, is it necessarily good? Or, you know, because God's good, so is culture good? And what, what brings right. us to— the cultures that we experience every day.
0: <laughs> so we have to recognize that culture in itself, by definition and word culture, is neither negative or positive. Um, however, culture produces um, things that will be negative or positive. But culture in itself is, is meant to be and is neutral, Right. And so culture, though, drives it, it, it can be a driver, though the the person behind the wheel of culture doesn't really care where we're going. That's right. kind of how we could view this. Right. And so we recognize that anytime something is not intentional or um, birthed in, in God, we know that it will only be as sinful, it will only produce what is not good, and and it will oppose God and oppose what God stands for. And so that's why we have discussed a little bit in our last podcast about um, some theories of culture, but really landing in this place of the image-bearing theory that we are all made in God's image and we bear His image, right?
1: Right. And so the that's the whole point, right? So if all of us would come to a place where whatever culture theory we have, I'm not talking about your specific culture. I'm talking about the way that you theorize culture. How did it come to be? Is it, is it good? Is it bad? If we'll come to a place where the way we think of culture is that it needs to be in, in uh, unison with this idea, with the truth, that man is created in God's image. And so culture ought to edify that. And in areas of my life where my culture doesn't, I need to see those and change them, Mm -hmm. right? I need to allow them to line up with the word of God. And so some areas where we start looking at things that we each do in our own culture um, and we think, oh, that's good, or oh, that's bad, uh, those are the things that we need to discuss and possibly, you know, Rethink. So some of those values that define our cultures are like, for example, how you think of um, individual or collective, right? So uh, do we in the American culture in, in in our typical nationalistic culture, do we value people who are collective or do we value people who are individual? Like do we value individuality or collectiveness? Um, I think we value individuality. I think we place an emphasis on the individual. And so when we see a culture that does the opposite of that, what do we think about it? We
0: don't know what to think about that. And so we have to recognize culture reveals where we place our values, right? And and what that determines. In, In America, I would say is, this is huge. We all can recognize where values have been placed, right? So we could start with what you said—the individual and collective—and we'll go back to that because there's a lot of building that we could do from from that. But um, think about the value of being an extrovert or an introvert. Right? Um, are you a planner or are you spontaneous? Are you a doer? Or are you a feeler? Do are you a beer? Just I just want to be right. Um, do you think in the short term or the long term? Are you strategic, right? There are so many areas of value that we place a good or a bad, though neither one of those are good or bad.
1: Right. They're just different.
0: But depending, most likely, on the scenario or the situation. Now, if I were to name those very same values but said, what would make a good student, would you look at those values Differently, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and and that's how value orientations begin to work and affect us in our thinking.
1: That's awesome. That's good. So when we think, you know, um, if you take this this idea of value orientations and you just take like like let's use it as an example, tough or tender, and you apply that to okay, so in our culture, should a man be tough or should a man be tender? And, and you can almost even see how cultures shift and change over time and by interactions with other cultures. The, the reality is there's no right or wrong to that. Men can be tough and men can be tender, but what does the culture value? And recognizing what the culture values is going to tell you what you might see as wrong because ultimately, when we really break it down, we come to a place where the things that we see differently we see as negative even though culture isn't negative or positive. Culture is neutral. Mm-hmm. But when my culture bumps up against yours and things are different, guess what? My perception and my my conclusion is mine's right, yours is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you need to change yours. That's right? right. Okay, so we can start to see how some of these start lending towards negative attitudes, uh, towards differences right. in people and cultures.
0: And what we have to recognize is that... Setting aside the the negative or positive view of culture or understanding, there what we have to recognize is that culture is strong, right? In fact, if you're a leader or have been a leader for any amount of time, then um, you know that culture will eat vision for lunch, right? Right, You can have great vision, you can have great ideas, but culture will eat it alive. And what that means is that you keep, everything needs to go deep and penetrate within the culture. That's why when we read God's word, we recognize and see this difference between Old Testament and New Testament, right? It is no longer just the outward sign, it is inward. So now it is about the heart and it is the heart that has to be transformed.
1: Very good. So we come to this place where, whether consciously or unconsciously, what we're doing, um, depending on the awareness we have of our own culture, is we're we're looking at differences within culture that that certainly connect to race. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing the difference— and then we're directly comparing it. We're seeing it through the lens of our own culture. Right. I see this person do something that's cultural for them, and I don't value or appreciate it based off of their culture. I view it through the lens of my culture. Mm-hmm. This is called ethnocentrism. It's it's viewing that through a, a central lens of myself and right. my own my own culture. And what it does is it, is it causes me to see those differences no longer as neutral but as negative. And when differences are perceived as differences, they are perceived, when I see them as no longer neutral but negative, then they're perceived as right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So I come to the conclusion that what I'm doing might be right, but as it's compared, what you're doing is compared to what I'm doing, then mm-hmm. I have to come to the conclusion that you're wrong.
0: hmm That's how we have been programmed to think, if you will. Programmed is a really strong word. It's how culture has determined we should think in regards to so much. And we have to set those things aside in order to have these conversations, but to also get to the root of the discussion, especially in regards to racism.
1: So this is awesome. Let's pause right here for a second. Let me just run a couple questions by you. Don't let me lose where we're at, though. So when we read the Bible, a lot of times what we do is we read it through our own culture. Mm -hmm. Right? This is how people come to a place where they have a picture of the American Jesus because I'm an American and I'm reading the Bible through my cultural lens and so I see things in my culture mm-hmm. sense I see them through my culture did the Bible have did, did the word of God as it was relayed to men does it was it relayed in a existing culture yes mm-hmm. yeah the the Bible has its own culture as mm-hmm. well as it has a deeper culture which is the culture of God mm-hmm. And when I read it, it's not it, it's not wise for me to allow myself to be the center of that, mm-hmm. but allow God to be the center of that. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible it, it, given to the Jews, the Old Testament given to the Jews, the New Testament given to the Jew and the Gentile are able to transcend culture. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible is able to transcend culture because it's it's God's culture
0: and it's living and active. It it divides those things in our life, right? Yeah. It divides um what is worldly cor- culture and what is godly culture. And we we also have to look at this word culture. It is such a big vast word. Let's be real. Culture can be We can define culture of what we're speaking about in so many different ways, right? This world's culture. Well, that's global. And then we can break it down to American culture. And what we really want to discuss as well is church culture. Each church has its own culture, and let me tell you, it is strong. Yeah, And it is probably based more in institution than in... The relational, missional values of yeah, God's word.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and then let's let's go one step further and even talk about how each home has a culture, right? Our home, the Cooper home, has a strong culture, and there are going to be some things that if you were to step foot into our home, you'd go, "Whoa, that's weird," or "That's different," right? Because there is intention and how we've decided to do things which forms the culture. And so we have to look at the outlying motivations here. If we don't be intentional about God fueling, then the world will fuel, the enemy will fuel, is a better way of saying that. And it will fuel the culture around you in such a sinful pattern, in such a wicked way that before you know it you're you're in this place of confusing and, and confusion and not knowing what's up and what's down
1: that is that is so right on, and so you know you might say, well, this is really good stuff to hear, and I understand this, but this isn't this doesn't directly impact my life and and as much as we are talking about racism i'll I'll bring it home, and i I do run some risk at maybe i I hope i don't offend anyone but my my point is this happens every day it even happens in church culture it happens with the best intentions people Mm -hmm. with best intentions view culture ethnocentric through ethro and through they view it through their own cultural lens they they Mm -hmm. view it through this this central cultural lens um so let's just say for example that um, we could take Decatur and we could break it, the city that we're in, Decatur, Illinois, we could break it into neighborhoods or cultural centers. Are there cultural centers within the city of Decatur? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how would we describe them? Well, you have Forsyth and you have the North End and you have the wealthy end of town and you mm-hmm. have, uh, the, the there's also then you know, Pocket. like south of Mound mm-hmm. and you have middle class and then you have, you have downtown, right? And so if you take people from Forsyth or the North End and you take them into downtown and they're going to see smaller houses and they're going to see uh, tighter groupings of homes and they're going to see various different things and automatically we start drawing judgments based on that. Well, mm-hmm. why is it this way? And why don't, these things change, and why can't—and if you did that reverse and the opposite of that and, and and pulled people from that neighborhood into different neighborhoods, mm-hmm. then they're going to look and make certain judgments about that. That's right. And and so what we do is we automatically see these differences, and for ease or for, you know, humans like to compartmentalize and categorize, and so then we start labeling them, and we start n- identifying them and and— associating them with either something that is good and functional, Mm -hmm. according to my idea of culture, or something that's broken and bad.
0: And as Americans, we tend to not have a global mindset, which is so dangerous, because it so doesn't fit with God's commission and instruction for our lives. Yeah. Right? He says first, where? Jerusalem and then Samaria, and then to the ends of...
1: Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. He
0: gives instruction that we need to recognize that we are never intended just to have the perception of our own little community, that He has intended that we have a, a far more global mindset so that we can see much further than our neighborhood, right? And yet we need to see our neighborhood, but we need to see the whole world. And so many of our experiences are because we gravitate towards people that are like us, Yeah, and we tend to um, not engage in those that are different from us. And some of that is just fear, but some of that we have to recognize as culture has said, be careful, right? Um, and our experiences are so different. I remember when we lived in Los Angeles, keep in mind, we lived downtown Echo Park, and being white American, we were the minority by far, I mean— so, by far, and this was the first time this was a true experience, right? And I had never been asked what I was. What are you? And I thought, well, that's a weird—what do you mean, what am I? <coughs> right? Well, well, um,
1: I'm— I'm I didn't even know how to answer <laughs> it. Right. Right
0: because you weren't Hispanic or white right I I never realized the the ethnicity um, groups that were under the umbrella of Hispanic right so Spaniard we had um, Mexican we had all sorts of own ethnic groups that, Knew they would ask, right? And so here I am being asked. I had no clue. My mom would be asked all the time if she was Brazilian or, you know, she looks more ethnic than I do. People ended up um, just calling me Harvard because I just look so East Coast that that's what they called me where I worked. But my mom, who looked a little bit more ethnic, would be asked regularly, What are you? Right? And we, where we are, Heartland of America, that's a funny question. Mm. Do you remember when we were taking our kids to school, and uh, I was asked by a little girl? um, I was pregnant at the time with our youngest child, and she asked me, "What?
1: It was a boy. I was asked,
0: you know, what am I having?" And I said, "A girl." And she said, "Well, is she pretty?" And I said. Well, I believe she will be. And then she proceeded to ask me what color my baby is. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what color do you think my baby will be? And she looked at me, and she looked at you, and up and down and I remember. She was probably
1: way. five or six, seven years Cute old. Cute as could be. Yep.
0: And she said, hmm, I, think it'll I be bet white. your baby will be white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And I thought, I have never heard that question asked before, nor had I been asked that question. And so, how our culture um, operates is what we assume the whole world operates as. Mm -hmm. And if we don't step into other cultures, if we don't step into other homes, we will not be able to see how vast our God is that can change any culture that can speak to any culture we will miss out on seeing just how big our god is
1: that's awesome that you you brought something up and this is this is also one of those things that connects us to how culture impacts racism and this is the devaluing of a voice mm-hmm. the question that little girl asked was a very valid question according to her experiences mm-hmm. it was a very valid question and and it's easy for us to hear things or to to engage things that are unfamiliar with us, and because they're unfamiliar, we devalue it. It's right. a, that's not a right, right question. That's a stupid question. That's why would mm-hmm. you ask that? Whatever it is. See, this is how you have portions of of any community, any population that start to feel as if they don't have a voice because the overwhelming majority or Whatever culture seems to have the most voice typically diminishes uh, the voice of other cultures. And and this is not fitting with the character of God. It's mm-hmm. not. Jesus says, let the little ones come on to me. Don't keep them from coming to me. Mm-hmm. He values even the least, right? What's, well, you tell me the greatest in the kingdom is the least, right? You want to be mm-hmm. the first, be the last. You want to mm-hmm. be the greatest, be the least. And so... These are things that ought to define our culture as we think of Christ followers as we think of right. the church. And let me tell you this is a podcast that's directly dealing with this issue of racism mm-hmm. as as it as it speaks to how should the church interact? Mm-hmm. How should the church engage this? How should the church deal with this issue? And it it begins by self-evaluation. That's right. It begins by not first eliminating the possibility but saying Let's evaluate the heart.
0: Imagine if everyone listening took that moment of evaluation and assumed that I have issues of racism, whether by choice, whether developed by culture, whether they are biases that we've not ever really recognized. But we decided in this moment to assume that we do. And we allowed the Lord to not only reveal them, to walk us, as as Scripture says, that He kindly walks us to repentance, right? And we began to walk in the place of repentance in regard to racism. You know, I, I believe that there is no program or behavior filter that will solve the issues of racism, only the heart that knows Christ and is willing to... To seek the Lord's heart for others can be a heart that that truly can not only repent of racism, but walk beyond the barriers of racism.
1: Very good. So, you know, we think about um, how, how the Bible speaks to racism, and there's a lot of scriptures and a lot of verses that talk about the equality we have in the kingdom of mm-hmm. God, Um. But we also know that there there are nations, and nations are things, races Mm -hmm. and cultures are things that will persist into the future, not just in the future of this world, but into the kingdom of God. Um, There are things that God values. And and as I think, you know, there are certain topics that we discuss where we say, well, Jesus didn't directly speak to that. Jesus didn't directly deal with this issue. He didn't call it that. He didn't say this or that. Listen, I... Jesus deals with everything. Now he may use a different word or a different way of explaining it, which he often did. But you know, when I think of of this concept, this idea, the issue mm-hmm. of racism, the sin of racism, Jesus tells a parable about a, a man. He's speaking to Jews, primarily Jews, and Pharisees and teachers, and he. Talks about a guy that got beat up along the side of the road who was a Jew. A Jew got beat up along the side of the road. And a priest came and passed him, saw him, crossed over to the other side of the road, and kept going. And then a Levite came and saw him and passed him and crossed over to the other side of the road. Mm -hmm. And then a Samaritan man came and saw him and picked him up and carried him and cared for him and even paid to house him and care for him until he returned. And so this, this idea, did Jesus deal with yeah. The hero of the story is a is a marginalized it's a it's a person of a marginalized culture. It's a person who experienced racism every day. And he's not just an a, a person in a story, he is the hero of the story. He is right. the example of what God expects. And that spoken to the most righteous within the group of people listening, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law.
0: Can can we add another theme to that story? Because the other real part of that is this others that walked by didn't see it as their responsibility. Yeah. Very good. And for those of us that are Christians and we see ourselves as image bearers of Christ, then we need to recognize this is our responsibility to speak to racism. And it is our, our, our heart that by us embracing the great commandment and the great commission that we can not just reach those that don't know Christ, but we can love people and see that all, everyone is a brother and sister that needs to, to know Christ, but we also need to extend this to other believers that haven't fully walked in this in the appropriate way. Right. I don't like to make the statement that racism is alive and well within the church, but sadly it is. And we have experienced it in the last, in our years of ministry, we have had people um, upset that we would have non-white.
1: Yeah, a black worship leader um, or or other, you know, I mean. A, a
0: Hispanic youth pastor. However you want to to label it, we've experienced those things in the last 10 years, 15 years of ministry. We've experienced those things. And it's so easy to say, but it's 2021. People are still dealing with this, yes. And I don't think it's because people have chosen to be racist. I think the choice has been one of two or both. One, I'm not a racist, therefore I don't need to look any further, rather than allowing the Lord to search their heart. Or two, it's not my responsibility. And I would challenge both of those thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I would too. And I, I, I really agree with that. It wasn't the Samaritan's responsibility other than the fact that he understood who his neighbor was. Mm-hmm. And, and this is also what Jesus is communicating through this parable. Who is your neighbor was the question that he was asked. And, and his answer to that question was everybody. Right. And do how do we... How do we communicate the love of christ how do we follow jesus in that well he he told us That's and right. and he didn't just tell us in that parable he told us in the great commandment and in the great commission because both of those statements both of, both of those 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 directives from the lord are multicultural mm-hmm. they're two people different than you they're, they're right. they cause you to selflessly give your life in the same way christ did for people who are different
0: than you. That's right. God's mission and love is cross-cultural in a way that we could never truly understand, I think, in our, our human understanding. And it's time that we have these conversations with love and care and respect for one another and recognize that some things are beyond others' understanding and want to be different. They just yeah. don't know how.
1: Very good. I, um, I think that this is an ongoing conversation and, and I think that this is a good place probably to, to pause it for now, but um, there, there, has to be, there has to be more willingness for us to recognize and own any shortcomings because honestly it's in all of us those shortcomings and and they're not things that we feel shame or guilt over they're things that we repent of and allow the lord the grace of god to help cover us and mm-hmm. and and better us it's a work god does
0: that's good
1: the last thing i'd want for any part of this communication is for people to feel shame mm-hmm. or or guilt however conviction Conviction would be a wonderful outcome. Conviction is a great outcome every time it happens. That's right. Because it's the Lord calling us to a more uh, more Christ-like life mm-hmm. image. So That's right.
0: Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. You can send us an email at real at visitlife.org to give us your feedback. Real Life is a weekly podcast ministry of Life Foursquare Church in Decatur, Illinois. We hope you have a great week and look forward to continuing our conversation next time.